Oh, hey, it's Simon here. Just a quick one to let you know about a very cool feature where you can now text the show for free. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes. You click it, your SMS app opens, and you can send us a message directly. There's a little code at the beginning of the message. Don't delete that. It helps the podcast provider know where to direct your message, i.e. straight to me. Don't worry, we don't see your number or any details, so we can't reply. We just see the area code, so we know roughly where you're messaging from. Super cool. And again, free. So why not try it out during this episode? Let us know which episode you're listening to, or where you are, or what you liked, or join in with some banter, or make a bee pun, or recommend a movie, or tell me what snacks you're into. Anything that comes to mind. Like I said one more time, it's free. So shoot us a text, and I'll respond to my favourites on future episodes. Okay. Let's get into it. All right, super quick intro from me this time. Another super fun chat with Ben Malaby about One More Shot. If you haven't listened to it already, you know what goes great with this episode. A double bill of this episode and the previous episode where I had an in-depth chat with James Nunn, the director of One More Shot. Queue it up after this one, or put it on now and come back to this one afterwards. It makes for a lovely double bill. Much like one shot and one more shot. He brought it back to the topic. Enjoy the episode. I am the most complete fighter in the world. Maybe guy aim. Can call it the art of fighting without fighting. Stick around. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate on me. Dodge this. Oh my goodness. It is literally welcome to season three, episode nine of Dodge This Action Movies Unleashed. I'm now reading the title off a document so that I stop saying action movies unplugged, which. I don't know what that is. I suppose just like old Shaw Brothers movies that are set before electricity. That would be a good example of action movies unplugged. Um, they're all they're all acoustic. That's what they are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am joined, as you've just heard, um, by his words, by a good guy, good pal. We're talking about James Nunn's One More Shot, the sequel to One Shot, the one take action movie starring Scott Adkins from a few years ago. There's a sequel. It's out now. If you haven't seen it already, I suggest watching it probably before listening to this pod because there could be a few little spoils coming up. I've already teased him. Um, my very special guest today is a director extraordinaire. He is a director. He's a writer. He's a, oh, what else should we be? Lecturer? Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, sure. it is a thing. He's uh, a a scholar, a pedagogue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but very, be very careful. A pedagogue. A pedagogue. His name is Ben Amalavi. Hello, mate. Woo! Hi, Simon. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'll play in the live applause um, at that point. <laughs> you don't need me to do it. <laughs> that's absolutely fine. Okay, that's um, cool. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on the pod, Ben. My pleasure. So excited to be invited. Thank you. I know you're a big fan of the pod and you've been big pestering me via um, all your letters <laughs> for almost a year It takes year a now. long time to mail them to India. I don't know your address. 
It's, a lot of them uh, are piled up in Amsterdam still, so I do apologise. <laughs> I I must update send send out those my change of address cards that people do in the olden days. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much for joining. For people that don't know, Ben, you are um, well. The reason I think it's great that uh, you're on this episode in particular is because you are a director. You know your way around cameras, around blocking, around set. You know how stuff works, and I think this movie lends itself to dare I say quite a nerdy discussion of the technical sides of movie yeah, making. Yeah. Beautifully crafted movies. Not yeah. to say we're not going to talk about the content of the movie. It's an action movie podcast. We're definitely going to talk about the action. But I, this movie in particular tickles uh, uh, the nerdy part in me. And for eagle-eared, is that a phrase? Eagle-eared? I don't think it works. But eagle-eared listeners who listened to the last episode where I had a lovely conversation with the director of this movie, James Nunn, you would have got some wonderful tidbits. Uh, and hopefully, Ben, you also have benefited from some of the insight from the horse's mouth on this about how they did some stuff. He still, he wouldn't open up on a few bits. There's a few, mm. a few secrets that they're keeping close to his chest. Absolutely fair. Um, it's, uh, it's an incredible achievement. But so, yes, people might know you from, you've made an innumerable, innumerable, amount of uh, award-winning and nominated shorts. They might have seen uh, some stuff of yours that's been on BBC Three. All these yeah. are true stories so far, right? These are true stories so far, yeah. I definitely cut my teeth. Is that the phrase? Yeah. It's a weird phrase, isn't it? <laughs> cut, my cut my teeth with shorts, yeah. And then, and then I do a lot of ads, and I got to make a pilot uh, recently, and I did some web series for BBC and... And I mean, you know, looking at James's filmography, I feel very underwhelming. But uh, nevertheless, I yes, I, I I persist. Of course, no, don't do yourself a disservice <laughs> there, mate. And also, people will mainly, I suspect, know you from the two thousand and I want to say seventeen short film uh, Renaissance Renaissance Renaissance. Yeah. That is probably my defining work that's they will um, mainly know you from that i suspect yeah. when i'm stopped yeah. in the street people are like <laughs> what's it like to work with simon um and you know i'm honest and you're I'm like honest. which one simon <laughs> yeah. sorry yeah yeah fielder uh, oh he's the one in amsterdam isn't he he's moved oh god this is a nightmare he's not going to be getting any of my letters oh god and all the fan mail that i forward on for you um, for everyone else, Simon wrote a short film and we made it in 2017, um, featuring my, fun, at the time, so four-month-old son. Yeah. And now they're probably like 25 or something mad. <sighs> they finished uni. They've got <laughs> full-time jobs. It's horrendous. Mental. mental. Yes, and I also, because I looked at your IMDb, was reminded... Um, that we also worked together on a TV show called The Great Christmas Rant. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot that too. <laughs> Which was one of those sort of comedian talking head shows, but I wasn't a successful enough comedian to be one of the talking heads. So I was just sort of acting in some interstitial bits. It was still a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The, 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 those interstitial bits were probably the, the, the funniest bit in them. Yeah. And then did you ever watch it? Yeah, I think I would say ninety to ninety-eight percent of them didn't didn't make it in. From you my were memory. almost in, you were almost entirely cut. Yeah, you yeah. are on the cutting room floor. Yeah, it was a sad day for me. I had the whole a whole family gathered around the uh, around the tube, and I was like, "I'm in this, Mum. I'm in this." Oh no, they've gone past the bit where I thought it was going to be. Oh no. <laughs> oh God, they yeah. can tell you. 
It's one of those things where like the channel or someone says, we really want this to stand out. We want something that differentiates it. We want it to be unique and not feel like cookie cutter. And so you're like, okay, we're going to do this. And they go, that's great. And then you do it. And then they see it and they go, uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh. We need it to be more similar to everything else, you, actually. You, you didn't actually want those things. Okay. My mistake. Well, well. We did them and we had a lot of fun doing we them. We had a lot of fun. That was we a had a week. lot of fun. <laughs> it, it were good times. Now, Ben, we've established the pedigree. What I would love before we dip into our feature presentation one more shot is I'd love to find out if you've seen anything else that isn't action movies. Isn't. Well, I mean, it can be. But for example, the things I have been watching in the last couple of weeks have chiefly been the back catalogue items of James Nunn's that I hadn't previously Uh, watched, which a lot, a lot of which, a lot of whom, a lot of which fall into the category of action or action adjacent, not to say they're they're not good, highly recommend. Mm. Um, Mm. Also the TV show Reacher, that's it. So I've watched a lot of action things. Yeah. It's so funny you bring that up because I was thinking about Reacher because I read somewhere that it's Prime's biggest show. And the tweet that I read that I learned that said something like, there are a lot of dads who do not factor into online conversation about what's popular right now. You know, like most people don't know it exists. A hundred percent. Yeah. If you were to go by Twitter and Instagram and, you know. Yeah, you're right, actually, because I watched the first season of it last year. Would it have been last year or even maybe the year before? I, I don't know. They turned it around pretty quickly the second season. Right. But I think I read one of them a few years ago and was like, this is quite fun. It's quite a fun book. You know, it's 100% yeah. airport fiction, dad fiction, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's a big, strong man doing justice and like beating people up in graphic detail. Yeah. And, the, and the Tom Cruise movies as well. I mean, I feel like people, there was two of them. People must have seen one of them. The first one, I think, was very good, directed by the Qu- first Christopher one was good. McQuarrie. Yeah, like... I think aside from all the sort of tedious, well, he's, he, Tom Cruise can't play Jack Reacher because Jack Reacher's six foot five and 300 pounds. But if you mm. take that out of the conversation, I think the movie was great. So I really liked the first season of this and was surprised how few people outside of like the action realm had heard mm. of it. And even now it's been on for the last, I guess, eight weeks. And still people are like, what is it? Is it good? Yeah, I Should think I watch it is. It? I think... You have to sort of know what it is in as much as it's quite dumb. Like it is, it is a book about a kind of indestructible ex-military police officer who's just solves things with his fists, but also he's like super, super smart. It's a cross between like CSI and... I don't know what... And, like, and, well, like in my head, Hulk. it's like, I would imagine it to be like the the MAGA crowd, you know, the make it, make America great again crowd. Yeah. Like that's, that's what's in my I, head. I don't I'm sure want I'm way it off. to be that. No, I feel like it. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a sort of hoorah-ness to it. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it's you that could. That demographic here at home going like, cut your hair, you damn hippie, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah. A little bit, I suppose. Yeah. I just maybe. But who I'm knows? I, I should watch it. I'm being very judgmental. I I'm think the first season was very enjoyable. The second season yeah, is also good. They're, they're both based on like the two of the most popular books, I think. And uh, 
yeah, it's just, I think it's just like solid TV, solid action sort of investigative TV. I enjoyed the first Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher. Then I think you'll be fine. But there is a funny moment in there where he's in a cafe and the waitress comes up to him and I think he's flirting with her. Yeah, he's you know, being a I bit think, lewd, isn't he? I think he's <laughs> implying that he would like to have a date with her and maybe take her home one day. But Tom Cruise... Unfathomable. Yeah. He, he, that's one character beat he's just never been able to crack. He yeah, just true, can't be... He's sort of asexual. <laughs> the idea that he's... Oh, are you are you flirting with me? <laughs> and he'd be like, maybe, but it's it's very unclear. No, but please That's, be clear. Are you flirting? He's like, actually, I because, can't tell. I yeah. mean, I've got one hand on my mace spray, and the other, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the one thing he, yeah, yeah. But I enjoyed it otherwise. And the second one, I can't remember a single beat. No, the second it. one I think was a bit disappointing. But I did rewatch yeah. it, and it wasn't as bad as I remembered. But it definitely didn't okay. have the kind of uh, bruising, visceral action that I think the first movie and both the TV series have, have delivered. Yeah. What have you seen that's um, popped, popped its head above the parapet? Yeah, well, so, because it's like Oscar season, the cinemas are full of quite good stuff at the moment. So there's like Priscilla. We went to see Priscilla, um, my wife and I, and that was um, very good. I enjoyed that very that's much. That's about nice. Priscilla Presley, right? Yeah, they didn't back off Elvis being a terrible person oh wow i'm glad i thought they i thought they might be like oh you know he was just stressed but no they're like (laughs) (laughs) he was like very this was a very manipulative abusive relationship from him wow okay and uh, but in in that kind of like hey hey baby uh i don't think we should have sex for like 10 years you know and and, uh you know oh it's all power you know he had to be have you know he decided what she wore and wow who she spoke to and i didn't i don't know any of this stuff so it feel it feels like it would be i don't really know anything about elvis aside from the sort of bullet points so i'm kind i of also intrigued. don't know that any of it's true you know i'm just assuming right. that this is it's based on uh priscilla's book but i don't know how much uh interpretation has gone on so basically i could sort of do a double bill of like the baz Luhrmann elvis movie from yeah. a couple of years ago and then this and i'd know everything sort it's of a very movie. interesting picture it paints isn't it the, <laughs> yeah. the artist and then the human or something like that i don't know yeah. but but um so i enjoyed that and then i saw poor things which is absolutely fabulous is that course. the emma stone mad greek man who made the lobster yeah, Yorgos, Yorgos, who I've loved since Lobster, and then I very much completely. Want to see that. It's it's so great. It's just completely unique and bonkers, and just stays in control. He's got he's such a sure hand, like he just knows exactly what he's doing. Wow, and uh, and that's rare. And Mark Ruffalo as well is just like I read an interview where he was like, "I'm bored of being Mark Ruffalo." And and he and he was so uncomfortable. What does that even mean? He, I think he's got a shtick, hasn't he? He's like, oh, okay. He's, he's always Mark Ruffaloing, and on this, <laughs> he's always just Ruffaloing all over the place. He's just he Ruffalos, he Ruffalos and Gruff, yeah. And 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 I get that, but I love the Ruffalo energy, so I have yeah, no problem. Yeah. And this is still Ruffalo, but it's like manic Ruffalo. And okay. apparently, he was he was always worried every day he was going to get fired because he was being too big. But actually, it's just the right size. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really, just the right it's, size. It's so funny. He's so funny. That is such a good way of describing <laughs> a performance. Just the right size. For such a bonkers film. I spoke to Tom Levin two episodes ago, and he was talking about the, some of the performances in Wonka um, being so insanely large. 
but yeah, they were yeah, just yeah. that they are just in the movie and that that was he really enjoyed yeah, exactly. that they were allowed to do these sort of panto level performances in a feature film i think it's so impressive the directors who can make that make sense yeah you know who, who the, the film can survive and and allow this to happen and it and it will make sense yeah it's so rare so rare wonka was great i still again on my list yeah it's it's so rare to have a family film where everyone's just having a great old time yeah yeah well uh, again as i said to tom i watched paddington over christmas for the first time and was like yeah. ah well I'm a, I sometimes find myself um in quite a sort of narrow corridor of movies where i'm mm. you know chunking through quite a lot to make sure I get all the good ones on the pod. And I think to mm. sometimes that means uh, I don't get to watch, you know, past lives or whatever yeah. the sort of thing is that I, I need to, uh, what do you just kind of paint in the rest of the picture? I'm a bit, yeah, I'm, yeah. my sort of vision is a bit like, oh, kicking, punching, exploding. And I forget that there's yeah. like this whole world of feelings in movies. There are films you're supposed to watch, right. aren't there? Yes. And uh, you've got to be careful to make sure you watch the right amount of those. <laughs> but especially Oscar season, I like see the nominations and I'm like, oh boy, I got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working my way through them. And then, and then, yeah, and then on my phone, I download Echo season one from Marvel. <laughs> and that's why I watch uh, in my own time. Is it good? Because I have added it to my list, which means I may or may not ever watch it at this point. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I need to get all the way through it. It's, it's some of the, I mean, you should watch it for the action. They've done a really good job with that. I keep swearing off Marvel because every time I'm like, oh, just I'll watch Hawkeye. It looks fun. And then I watch eight episodes and I'm like, eh, fine. Fine. Yeah, it's, it's totally fine. Like, but I could like, have watched, it, it's, it's you nothing. know, past lives and finer yeah. things in this amount of time or whatever. No, there's definitely kind of a plateau with their output just because of over-familiarity perhaps, or, or I don't know. And, and Echo's certainly not um, doing anything new. But the, um, but the action's really interesting because she's a deaf yeah. superhero. Yeah. And they play with that. So multiple occasions, they take the sound out of the scene so uh, that you can experience it like she is. And then as they start to reintroduce sounds, it might be a heartbeat, kind of like in gravity, you know, how when she touches something, she yep. can hear it through vibrations. Mm -hmm. And that's not her superpower, but it's a really, it's just a different energy. And also something they do that's really fun is they go super wide angle and there's a lot going on. And so part of it's like, wow, this must be really confusing for someone who's deaf to kind of see 20 people fighting in this one shot and to try and like figure out what you're going to contribute. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, so they did, a, They did. you know, they're doing interesting things there, but um, I can't speak to the story yet. I'm, I'm not far enough in. Okay. But she's very good. Maybe I'll, Maybe it sounds like something I should dip into. Just a little, just watch, yeah, just, just times two speed. Fast <laughs> oh, forward to the... Why is there the... a times two on Netflix now? <laughs> who is, who is watching things at times two? What is the oh, use case? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't do that, but I do. Uh, I do listen to podcasts times two. Is that times two? Is that not normal? Yeah. No, I can't do. I'm a one times. I've I've occasionally been intrigued and been like, "What does this sound like at one point five or times two? <laughs> I think times two is times two is too much. Some people talk too slow. That's why. Fair, fair. Can't do it for everyone. Ben, is there a vacuum cleaner occurring in the background? 
Ooh, did you hear the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> uh, there may be. No, it's my it's my motherboard on yeah, my computer on your tower PC loading. <laughs> okay, well, I quite like that you have the balance of watching the Oscar noms and then sort of sprinkling it with the sugar of Marvel. I think I, that's what I sort of need to do a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. That that that's the goal, isn't it? You got to you got to you got to you got to do enough, especially when you're an academic and people will talk to you about filmmakers who are very obscure and you don't want to be a fraud. Right. So you have to have an opinion and so sometimes you'll go through an entire back catalog of someone just to have an opinion and to, <laughs> and to sound knowledgeable and then, nice. and then you crack on and then you crack on with your your normal day-to-day. That's Nonsense. impressive. I mean, that's ostensibly what I did with James Nunn, but it involved watching a, th- a thriller set in a tower block about a sniper, a WWE movie set in a car park, a shark movie. Um, so I feel very, you know, well informed about that. But if you ask yeah. me about the um, the Greek guy who made the lobster, I'm like, I've only seen the lobster. Lanthimos, that's a great example. I've gone through the whole back catalogue uh, and, you know, uh, fabulous what's know, the so um what would should i watch next after having watched the lobster seen the lobster have you seen yeah. dog tooth no dog tooth is the it was his second film but it's it's like the defining film is it? Okay. for his style and then he did the favorite which is on netflix oh yes okay really fun you know how like uh, paul thomas anderson like even when he misses it's still watchable but it's but he sometimes he swings and it just doesn't quite you know but he does take anyway. those big swings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, which you, you can't say you can't say um, about too much Marvel stuff. I think these days, I think Marvel are aware of the fatigue that's setting in, though, right? I think well, that's it. They're, they're, they're only releasing one movie this year as their kind of apology for <laughs> the last two years. They're just so like all or nothing, aren't they? They're like, yeah. oh, they like us. We'll release ten films a year and a hundred TV shows, and then no one watches them. And they're like, oh, you hate us. Mm-hmm. We won't release anything. We're so sorry. Now they're being all coy. Oh, Phase yeah. Five. It's only going to have one movie if you're going to be like that. <laughs> it's just Deadpool. That's it. Five Deadpool movies. Oh boy. Hey Ben, do you fancy um heading through into the auditorium and watching one more shot? And now, our feature presentation. Dodge this. Should I make footstep sound effects as I walk? Yeah, as you walk past the room full of vacuum cleaners into our feature presentation. There's a vacuum cleaner in the auditorium as well. We're so early for the screening. So weird. They're cleaning up the previous show. Oh, so much popcorn everywhere. All right. It's all right, though. We'll watch it. Okay. Let the, hopefully the vacuuming will stop at some point. It's the, it's the it's aggressive reality it's of recording to. a podcast remotely. It's not, it's not that big a place. <laughs> there we go. It's gone again. Now, Ben, I'm quite delighted um, to speak to you about this because some people do the minimum amount of homework before coming on this pod, but you were very generous with your time. And you watched not only one more shot, but you watched one shot as well, right? And thank God I did. Because I, fi- I, I think you can go into one more shot knowing nothing and just enjoy it at face value for what it is. But I yeah. feel like, not to kind of intellectualize it too much, but if you, have, if you see one shot and you know what that is, then you come to this movie with a sort of expectation. And also there's just, it feels like there's more of a, 
point of comparison? I don't know. They do everything they need to do so that you can watch the new one without having seen the first one and you're not at a loss. Yes. But everything is amplified. If you've seen that first one, I feel like you're getting so much more out of the second one. I wasn't expecting it to be a continuation. No. Because it ostensibly is part two. Yeah, I mean, it picks up literally like 12 hours later or something, right? It's crazy. And and you would expect a whole new story. Oh, he's off on a new adventure. But it's not. It's it's still things that they need to wrap up. Yeah. And yeah, and that's great. Let's do the old classic Simon twists the guest's arm into summing the plot up, which I feel like mm-hmm. is is fairly not I'm not not to undersell it, but this one's quite quite achievable in terms of a plot summary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the the power of a film like this is to not overcomplicate it, right? You Go know, for it's it. that so they're, they're bringing, is she an FBI or I forget who she is, but they're bringing like an interrogator or someone who works for the government in some capacity to a, to a camp where they keep prisoners, a kind of Guantanamo style camp. This is, this is the first movie. This is the first yeah, yeah. movie, yeah. which I would recommend okay. watching <laughs> okay. if you're going to do this. I like that. Please do them both, actually. Give us bullet points of the first and then the slightly bullet more points. sight and sound synopsis of uh, the second. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, and the way to do it as well as the way I did it, which is I watched them back to back. So did you? it was just like watching season right. one of One Shot and it was like five hours of time. But That's excellent. Um, but, it, but it makes more sense. But yeah, so she's there. She's going to interrogate a prisoner. The prisoner seems to know nothing, but she seems to believe otherwise. And then in come the private army to kill the guy and our hero tries to keep him alive and to escape and he does and then in end of movie two (laughs) (laughs) yeah great great nothing else happens we really really skimmed through that love it yeah uh yeah because in our sequel the one we're going to talk about in more detail we join them 12 hours later when he's got the prisoner to america um via which airport was it they shot in the uk Stansted Airport. <laughs> Stansted standing in for Washington DC or Incredible something. Incredible scenes. And uh and they've got the prisoner and in the first one the baddies were trying to kill the guy in the second one the new ranger baddies and we don't know their purpose for a while are clearly trying to get him and want him alive and um and then we've got some kind of fun complications uh, one of the reasons they're able to kind of get what they need from him in the first movie is is through mention of his wife, who is pregnant, and there's kind of a big plot beat about uh, him losing one of his sons and how that kind of radicalised him. And so the wife is now uh, a player in the movie, and we've also got some big names um, joining the cast and fleshing it out, and are they goodies, are they baddies? So that's kind of a fun kind of, you know, beat to kind of unpick that. You just assume Beringer is the shady bad guy. <laughs> you got it. You know, yeah. And they, you know, they, they have a lot of fun with, at your expense with that. And then, I, I mean, I wasn't going to synopsize all the way to the end. I was just going to kind of do the build up. We'll probably yeah, ruin it. That's absolutely fine. Yeah. No, we don't but need yeah, to go full spoiler town. But um, yeah, you know, the baddies arrive and it's the whole thing is in an airport. The whole thing's in an airport. And we haven't said the USP, have we? No. Do you, please. One shot. One shot. One shot. It's a clever name. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. They are um, those kind of tricksy one shots that are, I mean, there's probably 20 cuts in the whole film. I don't know if there's substantially more, but he does 10 minute takes in hour and a half long movies. And, 
and so you are you are in there and there's yeah. no cutting to reaction shots and you've got to follow the action and it's such a fascinating device because of the problems it creates and the solutions that you need to put into place to yeah. still tell a legible movie which he does so well yeah i mean i th- i rewatched the first one um also this week as part of my uh, james nunn retrospective <laughs> like he's not dead i was just interviewing him <laughs> and it was it's really interesting to compare them side by side which I, which i guess we we may as well do i think the you know the first one is sort of very contained on this army base and the second one is set in a whole airport you know it goes outside they're in cars like you say everything is ratcheted up a little bit like in the first one they're on foot that's it they they're sort of running around they're, they're crawling through a tunnel in this one you know, there's a little bit more money. So they're in a car and then there's like, you know, the camera is handed off out of the car, the car drive. Those are the, those are those like, oh, okay. The money's on the screen. Very early kind of vibes where you just sense the kind of slightly elevated production values. And I I mean, I got through this whole movie going like, well, that was amazing. Where is this airport in, you know, Bulgaria? Or is it like a disused airport? And then it was like filmed entirely in Stansted airport. And I was like, what? What? How? Now we know how. The airport closes at night. And so they had it for four hours a night for 20 nights. 20 nights. That doesn't compute for me. because 80 hours of shooting. Yeah, well, exactly. A 21 shooting day schedule is already quite intense. Yeah. And then, and you can only shoot half days. Half days, all action scenes. I don't don't understand. It's an incredible, I think... Maybe maybe people who are just approaching this as I just want to watch an action movie won't enjoy it quite as much. I, I think uh, because I just think on a technical level, my yeah. I'm constantly re- rewinding bits because I'm like, how did they do that? Ooh, how did they? Mm. How did that get down? Oh wow! Oh wow! The cameras just floated down a floor. What? <laughs> like mm. you know, things where in a in a movie that is c- cut, it's just like well, we'll just cut to the crane shot and then the camera will head down there and then we'll cut to the other angle. But this is just like, and I, and I think, you know, it's possible to watch it that way, obviously. And maybe your mileage may vary, but at some point I think you, you do forget that and you're just kind of watching the movie and then Mm. you'll be like, Oh my God, this, this is a fight scene and there's no cuts. These guys are really good at this. Mm. I think it's uh, it's a funny, someone said to me the other day, you must be a nightmare to watch films with. Um, and I thought it was a funny thing to say because they assumed it was because I'd be like always dissecting and pulling things apart. And definitely I can be in that mode, but I wasn't in this movie. I was appreciating the craft, but I wasn't being like, there's the cut, you know, there's the cut, which I can be (laughs) in some of these long take shots where, where they're doing something so expensive and complicated and it's very piecemeal that Mm -hmm. the join is often a bit ropey and they don't have like a clean wipe. Uh, and yeah. I'm thinking of the extraction films when I watch those. Yeah. Yeah. They scream at you. There was a cut just then. Yes. There's a lot of people and things falling in front and taking up I, I 90% of notice. the frame. Yeah. 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 And, and I didn't feel that so much with this film. I really was just like, it might've happened there. It might've happened there. Maybe they left it there so they could do it. Maybe it wasn't used, um, but they're, they're very subtle and it's, it's just, um, I tell you that actually the funny thing, the thing that I rewatched, you're talking about rewatching. 
I didn't rewatch much of the action stuff, but in the first film, there's a, a, a dialogue scene between three characters, Ryan, Philippe, Scott, and um, the female uh, character that they bring on the helicopter. And yeah. I rewatched that because of the staging, mm. because of the blocking. So that's a really boring technical thing. But you've got these three people in a room that are having this very uh, kind of heightened conversation. Not heightened, not the word, but yeah, fraught. Heated. And uh, heated, thank you. And the camera has to be on someone and can't be on everyone. And the staging is so lovely because you're on the person and then everyone's like ready to move to this point at this time and the camera pulls back and now it's a two shot and then it revolves around here. So it's all very carefully designed. And I was just really intrigued because like, it's not just the craft of the choreography that is getting all this attention. You know, it's all these little moments as well where he's just figuring out how to have this conversation with three people with one one camera. Very clever stuff. Yeah, and I think, you know, we sort of, people always talk about film sets being a collaborative environment and, you know, there's so many moving parts and none more so than in situations like that where you're so reliant upon every single department and every piece kind of fitting into place. Like, mm. you know, the, the camera goes the wrong way. It's, it's, it's a, it's fucked. You know, one of the actors mm. goes the wrong way. Like the, the next, the framing of the next shot doesn't, doesn't line up. People fluff their lines. Like there's just kind of so many plates being spun at once. It's, it's, yeah, it's too complicated. That in a, in a scene like that, that I would say, you know, perhaps the layman, might not like I would I rewatch the action scenes because I'm like man these guys are they're just like you know there's no misses this is great yeah but that though that dialogue scene as you say is is so much more complicated than you might yeah. expect because yeah, how yeah, do yeah. you shoot dialogue between three people with with one camera that is moving yeah, yeah. while they're moving and keep all that like I don't know there just must be so much graph paper on an office yeah, well, exactly. wall somewhere, right? It's like we're on him, and but Scott's about to say something incredibly important, so we need to make sure we're on him for that. But you know, and so it's like, okay, so how do we how do we move the characters around the space as well as how do we move the camera around the space to make sure people are somewhere where we can get to them in time for the reaction or the line? Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I think also what the the kind of James Nunn talked about each of these movies sort of almost being like a level of a video game. Like mm. the first one is the sort of, you know, green camo army base level. This one is like the kind of blue gunmetal nighttime airport level. And, you know, some people can see that as detrimental. Like, oh, sometimes it looks like a video game cutscene, yada, yada. But I do think like that really draws you in. Like, mm. I, I think in the, in the first one, there's so much kind of walking down narrow corridors and people talking and then it's during this you know it feels from the minute that it kicks off which let, let's specify in this the second movie one 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 more shot i've written one last mm. shot down in my notes oh uh -oh. my goodness that's the third film i'm preempting a couple of years time <laughs> um but as soon as it kicks off it's just so tense and it it just doesn't really let up yeah 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 it's really fun isn't it it's uh and they're both so good at that. The second one is like, I think it gets into action even quicker than the first one. Like, I think the mysterious mercenary figures that he just stumbles into them. I think like he's just walking down a, a ramp yeah, yeah, and then yeah. walks into like 10 
mercenaries who haven't started (laughs) murdering yet and they're just like eating a sandwich you know they're just like you know they're just like on their way to do the murdering like so remember as soon as we get to the place where we do the murdering yeah and uh switched off your mobiles everybody (laughs) but don't don't want them going off while we're murdering i mean in die hard 2 he just sort of sees like a suspicious looking guy going through a door or something and follows him right and finds out he's a terrorist he profiles someone yeah he's just like you look like a terrorist and he's got long hair these guys say out loud the target is this guy so at least he know he knows these are probably bad guys oh okay i thought he just saw like a european with long blonde hair and, <laughs> and just assumed the worst i mean i would say the setup is kind of the toughest part in in a movie like this right where you're yeah, like how yeah, do yeah. we how he's got to we got to just get the bad guys being bad really fast and yeah, we've got yeah, to, yeah. he needs to start punching people. We're 20 minutes in, let's go, guys. Yeah. Those are the sort of beats where I'm like, I'll allow it, allow it. What oh, are we here for? Absolutely. Yeah, you've got to, like, you've, you've just got to be as efficient as you can be. Like, he really gets that, doesn't he? And, like, I read a lot of scripts as part of my job as an academic and also, like, people send me scripts all the time. And the amount of time people spend, they think that they need to set things up. And you're mm. like, I am 10 pages in, mate just like tell me what this what's going to happen you yeah. know so they're so efficient with this it's like you know he arrives at the airport no in fact we don't even see the protagonist for a, uh, a spell which is That's really right, fun yeah it's just the sort of walk and talk with beringer and the other agents right and then yeah. he just he just sort of you see his plane landing i think you see him in a car yeah you see him out of a window like from another floor coming in i love that stuff really great yeah and then like and then off camera He's coming in through the doors. Yeah. He's walking up the stairs. The timing. Head- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's also, that was going to be my my thing to, to differentiate between these movies. This movie is like, um, adds a 3D dimension. Like if the mm. first movie is 2D, it's sort of all on one level. I mean, it doesn't, obviously it's 2D, it's a movie, but it's like on one floor, if you will. Yeah. yeah this yeah. movie has levels. Yeah, There's, yeah. And it's, used in some such beautiful ways where there's there's shots where you just see someone downstairs doing something you know while there's something happening in the foreground and like just the yeah the the planning and and the shots like you say scott's entrance is he gets out of a minivan on ground level while they're on like the first floor and then while they're talking he's literally walking up and coming up the escalator yeah i love it yes like in the movie but also literally because it's happening in real time and you think i'd like to think he's still in character you know so he knows he's on camera when he's in the car so he's like in character yeah and then he gets out of the car and he doesn't just like start flicking through his phone and look at photos (laughs) or whatever like the rest of us he's still walking and frowning i'm so yeah until we see him i really want that to be the case i think I mean, I feel like I would be, I would be like, I've got one minute to try and make everybody laugh before we start this next bit. And that's why yeah. I'd be a nightmare <laughs> in that situation. Whereas real good actors would probably real just be actors. doing the work, you know, focus. You know what real in actors character. don't do? Real actors, when you have the clapperboard in front of them, real actors, when the clapperboard shuts and claps, real actors don't act like they pinch their fingers. In the, in the clapperboard. Then what's then, the point go, of the clapperboard? And then go, ooh, like that. <laughs> for a few seconds into a take, after the clapperboard has gone, that's real acting. And, uh, I mean, if you're not reacting to the clapperboard, I don't know what you're doing on set. 
you guys. It's never not fun. It's never not yeah, fun. Exactly. Some people stay in character somehow. There's so many bits like that where there's two bits of action going on at once. Mm. And by action, I mean literal, you know, like fight action action. But also, you know, the camera swings around. We follow these two people over on this side of the room. And then yeah. I'm always, I am always wondering, like, what, what are the people off camera doing? And I, and I sort of, when I, when I spoke to James, I was like, you know, where are you? He's not, he's not there to be kind of directing. Yeah, good point. The, yeah. the other people. So it's, it's the, everybody is doing this as if it's a play, ostensibly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're just waiting for their moment and staying in character, I guess. It's, yeah. It's, so my favorite thing about this technique that he uses is you've always got to see what the villains are up to. You know, it's John Lithgow telling all of his henchmen on the mountain that he's got to, you know, get Sylvester Stallone or whatever. Right? So there's, yeah, there's okay. always, yeah, I wonder yeah, where yeah. we were going. I was like, Lithgow, uh, De- Dexter season four. Lithgow. He's gone even further back, an absolute classic. <laughs> it's uh, the Santa Claus. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so, but so you've got to have that moment. You've got to get that exposition out there. And in this instance, that means that your bad guys and your good guys can never be too far away from one another. Because you can't just spend five minutes walking down a corridor to get to them, right? So they've either got to cross paths, or what he does quite a lot that I enjoy is the goody is in amongst them, or has recently been killed by them, so they think anyway. And yeah. you know, you're just in the kind of the right space. So now we'll get that exposition out. But one of my favorite bits in both movies, and it is from the first one, is the the suicide bomber sequence where we establish well, it's not clear what's happening, and then you kind of figure out what's happening and then it leaves that character it walks past him and all they do is they go around one corner like all this has happened you know within meters of the heroes yeah who are stood in like this garrison you know this formation with guns yeah, yeah. pointing at that corner and you're like wow that's really fun the geography yeah. is really fun also to that point that bit in one shot the suicide bomber moment was I thought was like a really genuinely good bit of drama in yeah. what people will could, you know, be is sort of say is, you know, it's a throwaway action movie. But that the the acting in that bit, really great. And like the guy who played the the no spoilers, spoilers. Um ill fated suicide bomber, yeah, there's not really a it's not really a surprise if he's if he's still alive at the end of the movie, I suppose, is it? Um <laughs> he hasn't done his job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really good. And also, um, the guy who plays the suspected uh, terrorist, a guy called Walid El Ghadi, who is in both of these movies, mm. he's I he's like the sort of beating heart, yeah. or the unspoken beating heart of these movies. I would say, every obviously absolutely. Adkins absolutely nails it, and not to yeah, yeah, um, yeah. take anything away from him. But he he humanizes this character so well in in both of the movies. Um, yeah. I think it's a really smart move to have the story continue and just bring him back as well. Uh, I, I I couldn't agree more. I thought he was such a phenomenal presence. His character is kind of complicated within a world where nothing can be too complicated. But like his motivations are interesting. But but. Re- Regardless of that, it's it's the performer, the performance that elevates it. You know, I think he is so fascinating to watch and he's so 
unknowable. You really don't like he's always denying these things until he confesses. And you are, I completely believe him. I completely believe him. Yeah. From the first moment you see him and he's like, I didn't do it. What are you talking about? And I don't let him go. <laughs> let him go. That and that's why guy, you failed the FBI entrance that's exam. Why, that's why I was not allowed to be a prison guard at Guantanamo. <laughs> but that's another podcast. But yeah, so I just, he is utterly convincing and fascinating. And so there are characters in the films who want this guy dead all the time. And Scott is generally trying to keep him alive. But half the time you're like, oh, no, you should kill him. You know, like you yeah, really yeah, yeah. are like. On yeah, the he is a bit of a shit, you know, he does. Oh, he does sort yeah. of wait to leak out bits of information, but then they do yeah. manage to make him a sympathetic character. Yeah, they absolutely do. He's so complicated. Like, yeah. He, no, he's definitely the baddie. But also, you know, let him off. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also, can he be in, can he be in the third one? Come on, guys. He, should, on. he should go to jail. But also, like... A nice nah. jail. He's a nice <laughs> home jail where you know. Like one of those sort of white collar millionaire jails that Martha Stewart went to. Just don't let him near the plutonium anymore. Right. You know, like he's a good guy. <laughs> Just he he loves, you know. Plutonium. Yeah, oh, that's the that's such a good eighties eighties bad guy <laughs> reference. <laughs> Back to the future. What is it, it in this one? I've forgotten. What's the what's the stuff he's got in the thing? A, di- a dirty bomb, isn't it? It's a dirty bomb. It's a dirty bomb, which I don't really know what that is made of. Some sort of gas, one assumes, right? That's oh, going to explode. It's, filthy. it's absolutely filthy. Though. On it's Capitol rotten. Hill and take out all the politicians who are assembled for the State of the Union address. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all hoping more than anything that the, the, next, the next one of these takes place in the White House. But possibly Ooh. it'll be Buckingham Palace doubling for the White House. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the producer who... Because they're closed after 10. God, yeah. They just film it at night when Charles is asleep. Charles is like, mate, we need, we need some more money. Let, let, just let him, let him shoot here. Yeah. The, uh, I th- I'm a little sad with the end of the second one that they've kind of closed off some of the storylines that I would have quite happily ridden one, one, more, one more shot. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the ending is the ending, right? I mean, it's... You've got, to, you've got to be conclusive. I totally get it. Like, he made the right call. If he never gets to make another film, it's finished. And right. he's got a shadowy figure on the other end of the line. Yeah. And somewhere to go. Yeah. There's also, de- it's, it's very, the door is very open for the third yeah. one. And there's probably an argument that it was, it's a bit too obviously open. But I think we get a scrap with Michael Jai White at the end. You yeah, know, great. He's on, he's on the poster. Clearly, he, he had a very limited window to shoot for this movie, but he flew yeah. in, filmed his you know couple of nights or whatever it was. He's got a scene yeah. at the beginning. He's got a solid fight at the end, which is on, yeah. actu- on the actual airport tarmac in front of a real plane, which wow. is... Uh, and he's not dead, so, so he, can, he can fly back again. He's very conspicuously not dead, isn't he, at the end? Yeah, Another yeah. very shrewd move, I would say. But but if the next film is set 12 hours after this one, it will prove problematic for his character, I think, to just walk in and, and pick up. That's true, yeah. I think he's a little bit injured. You want the all-star superstar team up, right? Oh, bring them together. You want somehow yeah. for MJW to have to team up with Adkins to take down the president or <laughs> yeah, the whatever, president. whatever yeah. it is. He's the shadowy figure. Court, tell you what, kill all the politicians... President for life. There you go. As long as you're, as long as you're the president. <laughs> That's how it works, right? As long as you're already the president. My suspicion is 
that the this shadow this admiral figure uh. we hear, we hear Scott talking to him and he seems like he's the good guy. Then we also hear the bad lady speaking to yeah. a person with a disguised voice. Yeah. You think it's Scott? I think it's the same person. <laughs> That's where I'm putting my chips. That's where I'm putting my chips. You know what I think you should do? Because I, I want to make sure that the next film still has Waleed uh, in it. So I think film three, because we've, we've explored the horizontal and we've explored the vertical. Yeah. And now what we need to do is that Birdman effect where you're not cutting, but, but there's a passage of time in that movement down the corridor, you go into the room and now we're in a flashback. And it's only because there are dead people in that room that you figure it out. Yes. Um, I forgot that. That puts me in mind of that movie Carter, which I mentioned to you, which I don't think you have seen, right? The South Korean movie Carter, where... No, I haven't. Which is obnoxiously, the whole movie is filmed in one shot, but in a way that, based, based on what you said about extraction, you might hate. Oh, sure. Um, but in that movie, they have flashbacks where yeah, the camera will it. sort of rotate around and now we're in a, in a flashback, which love I it. forgot that happens in Birdman. Yeah. That's quite, a, that is quite an interesting, um, move. I don't think they actually do flashbacks. What they do is they compress time. So you go down a corridor and it's six months later. Oh, uh, and, yeah. and when I first saw that, my mind exploded because I'd just <laughs> never seen anything so clever. If you're going to do a one shot, like that's the one thing you can't do right. to do it. And just do it so obnoxiously, and like no, no, we can look. I just you just say six it. Months later. Just, just say six it. months later, they yeah. don't even say it. It's just that that person was behind us, and now they're in front of us. So figure it out, dickhead. Like that's <laughs> the extent of the exposition. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just thought that was so clever. I mean, if if there is a third one, they're going to have to up up the game somehow, right? And it's you know, James Nunn is a smart boy and a very technical filmmaker. I'm sure he's going to come up with with something. I mean, this one had, like I said, the the camera being passed out of the car mm-hmm, that was very mm-hmm. cool camera Lovely. being floated from one floor to another down a very narrow mm-hmm. sort of the gap next to an escalator i'm again in, intrigued about this and i suspect maybe we'll never as i said to james there's a reason there's no behind the scenes footage because there's nowhere to for a, a, another camera crew to be so you can't mm-hmm, shoot mm-hmm. the behind the scenes because you're going to be in it yeah so yeah, so maybe we'll never know the uh, the the couple of sort of big stunt bits. I'm just so fascinated as to mm. as to how some of these shots were pulled off. There's just some some really cool stuff, and the stuff I'm about the levels. Um, I think that was really nice. He talked about kind of in the first movie us following Scott's character as he. Um, surreptitiously knifes people. And in this one, switching perspectives where Scott is kind of hidden in the background, like a, um, you know, like a Batman, like a Batman, <laughs> like one of the yeah, Batman, like one of the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> or like, um, like a horror movie, ostensibly there's that mm. one kind of set piece that is basically a horror movie set piece. Yeah. He's where... picking him off. I love it. Yeah. Loved really it. Fun. Yeah. 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 So well executed and so it's well. It's so complicated. Yeah. When when they do that in Batman versus Superman or whatever, Batman is impossibly everywhere. Right. You know, and they compress time and it doesn't matter because there are cuts and cameras and stuff. And in this, there's a sequence where he's taking people out in different places across the thing. But you're like, that's probably him. He's probably <laughs> scuttling. Yeah. 
He's probably doing a little scuttle under the under the thing it's and then grabbing so well someone. It's well designed, yeah. You know, maybe there is like a fake Scott taking out every other person, but like it probably isn't. It's probably just him, isn't it? No, I mean, and the man is a, an absolute machine. He's, as he's been called many times, a human special effect. Uh, funny. There's just, you know, there's the, the stunt in the first one where he sort of dives out of the exploding um, caravan, which is just real. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> just and then gets up and starts acting. It's the it's the sort of Jackie yeah. Chan level of he just yeah, falls yeah. off just that building, of yeah. breaks his arm. Even to, yeah. you know, fair play to Tom Cruise when he did that jump across those two buildings, broke uh, his foot, yeah, and, and then up. got up yeah. and hobbled out of shot because he was like, "They're going to have to use this one." They're going like, to one that's going that's a trailer shot. That's that what Tom Cruise does. Is the trailer shot? It's just no. I think like Scott doesn't get enough credit for. The, the glue of binding these movies together, just being like, mm-hmm. just doing a bit of acting. Oh, I'm just doing like a, a two minute fight scene and then do a bit more acting and then like go over there. Well, that's it. Hit but all what my he marks. doesn't do, he's not stealing the limelight from everybody else. You know, he's a very generous performer and he lets everyone else shine. And then, as you say, he's just the glue. He's there and his character's like quite a straight character. You know, he's, he's got his mission. And as they say in the first one, I think one of his um, co- comrades, maybe that's not the right word, no, one of his, uh, his other army not. buddies just yeah. literally says out loud, he doesn't joke. And then <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, all right, we're not going to have any quips. There's no quips. It's not one of those yeah, movies. Yeah, exactly. It's not a quippy. It's not, it's quippy. not a quippy He's movie. He's not in the ventilation with a lighter saying whatever he says. About, right. Yeah, that's, no. not, that's not this guy. There's no welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, yeah. He just um, he just sticks a knife in your throat and then gets on with it. <laughs> gets on with it. But there's something about that that makes it feel much more um, like there is a sequence where he's he's trying to switch on a, a communications thing or something, and he goes into a space and there's five baddies and they don't know he's there and he's knifing them one by one in the throat. And there's something about the lack of quips that makes him feel like he's actually terrified that he might die. You know, like there's an <laughs> yeah. element there. That it's not it just feels like real. He'll, he'll do it. Yeah, it feels like he wants to kill that guy before he gets killed by that guy. And a hundred percent. There's the bit the in the first you start one being a bit goofy. Yeah, it it does. It does. I suppose if you ratchet that tension up by having it be, you know, shot as one take, him kind of being like snarky does yeah. fully like vacuum out that tension. I'd yeah, forgotten yeah. the. I remembered the fight in the first one against um, Lee Charles, the sort of second in command henchman, but I'd forgotten how it's shot, which is it follows um, Waleed's character into the little cell that he's in. And then we see the fight out through the kind of chain link just happen in this tiny room. And it's such a brutal, like full on fight. You know, those guys have like been in movies together. They know each other. Lee Charles is like a lovely scouse guy. They, but they just, they look like they're belting the hell out of each other. Yeah, and there's a bit yeah. in the second one where a bit of the wall gets dented. <laughs> and <laughs> as I watched that, I was like, I've got a feeling that wasn't meant to happen. And, and sure <laughs> enough, they just broke a bit of Stansted Airport in a fight. <laughs> Someone's in a lot of pain. Yeah. But you can't go, oh, guys, just stop. We're going to stop this. We've broken the wall. You're like, well, we're not going to. Now the wall's broken. Like the continuity's yeah. fucked. We got to yeah, get this yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Like it's extraordinary. There's so much like that. The 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 fight on the actual airport transform on for monorail in Stansted. The, oh, the train, fun. the moving train. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on the real train. It's the real train. It's really fun. 
it's also like if this was a hundred million pound thingy, it would have fallen off the rails and it would have, you know, <laughs> yes. da, 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 blah, blah, blah. Right. My favorite thing about that sequence is he pulls the emergency lever. The thing stops. He opens the door. And then I like the word scuttle today, but like he doesn't want to take on this guy anymore. Yeah. So he just runs out and then he pushes open some doors that are kind of, you know, conveniently there. Yeah. And you just see him push through these doors and run out. And yeah. you're just like, oh, he's just doing a runner. <laughs> he's just like, hundred percent. He's getting the hell out of there because, again, because he wants to like not die, and that's quite an interesting. Yeah, he's not. Thing you know, he's movie. not trying to be the hero, right? I mean, I guess the reluctant hero is a is a thing, but yeah, ultimately he's like, well, there are it's quite a lot of armed men here. Quite a lot of them. Yeah, there's, there's like twenty people in that carriage shooting at me with guns. So I'm gonna run away. Should just I'm just gonna scuttle out of here. Yeah. Yeah. See you later, guys. Yeah. I'm not gonna leap off the side. I'm not gonna go through the top. I'm not gonna jump off into nothing. There's a door. I'm going to open it. I'll catch you guys later. Yeah. Catch you on the flip side. He does um, roll down a flight of stairs in this, which... Oh, it's I, not to say that he doesn't do mad things. But I yeah. did mention earlier, and I still... I, re- I rewatched it, and I asked James about it, and he, he said it wasn't a Texas switch, and it was Scott doing it. And I, yeah. I, was, I still don't... It's, it, I mean, I say it's, it's only a small flight of stairs. I'm not rolling down a flight <laughs> of stairs anytime soon. Uh, incredible move. And then he falls fully off the side of a balcony... And then the camera just goes over and looks down and, and he's there. Yeah. And there's no oh That's my favorite shot. amount of yeah, time. Loved it. I, feel, I feel like what we've accidentally done now is we've gone straight into the action replay moment. <laughs> who's going who's to claim this as their action replay is the, is the problem. Well, let's, we can talk about it. He gets, <laughs> he gets kicked off. We haven't mentioned... Um, Aaron Tony, who is the guy who plays the sort of, I guess, the second, third, one of the chief henchmen. But he gets three solid scuffles with yeah. Adkins in this movie. Um, yeah, and yeah. if you don't, you might not know this, but um, Aaron Tony is an actor, but also like a big time stunt guy who w- was for a lot of the Marvel movies in the Black Panther costume uh, doing right. I didn't the that. physicality of, the Black, of Black Panther. So doing a lot of the cool fight stuff. Yeah, and I think you won't disagree that the the boy can move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he really holds his own in this, and they fully use him to his full potential. Like three absolutely quality dust ups with uh, Adkins in this movie, it, which is to say, one of them ends with him kicking Scott Adkins' character over a railing, where he seemingly falls. <laughs> It's impossible. At least one story onto the floor. There's no cut. The camera just runs over and he's there. Uh, whatever they did. But, uh, and, and rightly so. Every single villain walks away assuming that that person has died. Yes. Do you know what I mean? There's As no surviving I did that. watch Should we it, check? Assuming, nah, nah. How, well, they've, Scott Adkins must have died filming this. He, how have they done this? <laughs> No one goes, well, he has been a bit of a tough bastard. <laughs> Shall we go over and just check his pulse? They they look over the banister and they're like, deed. And then they just deed. carry on with their mission. Yeah. Incredible Very scenes. Fun. All right. Yeah, well, I you, I tell, if you have that as your action replay That's moment, mine. Sorry. Yeah. What's yours? Oh, you little shit. <laughs> well, how about this? I have been quite um underwhelmed by a lot of michael jai white's recent output so i was quite okay. pleased like to see him being fast in a fight 
Uh, he's a such he's so hulking and huge and he's such a talented martial artist but I feel like his la- a lot of his in um, Undisputed 2 I want to say where him and Scott go to her too he, like, he's, a, he's an absolute beast and he has made some great movies but I feel like I haven't seen one in a while where he doesn't just kind of do some very blocky karate and then just kick people this mm. he has a really nice back and forth like lots of moves and he looks fast and dangerous. And I really mm. liked that. I mean, it's not, yeah, yeah. it's not a single moment like Scott falling over the balcony, but it was obvious we were both going to pick that. It was that or the monorail or the fun bit where he's taken him out one by one. Yeah. Those were the standout moments, but also like my favorite bit is just the opening uh, terrorist encounter where like the speed with which he realizes that something's amiss. And like, he doesn't know that these people are terrorists about to murder everyone, but they are holding guns and he doesn't know who they are. And he just starts killing them. <laughs> like there is like a, uh, you know what? I'll ask questions if anyone survives He this. does overhear them saying something about um, the Walid's character, I mean, like Mansur, that's what it's called, isn't it? They're like, yeah. remember, Mansur is the target or something like that is kind of, yeah. you know, ADR'd It's not completely on. without precedent yeah he's not he's not going in completely blind. but yeah they're not talking about mr bates versus the post office it's no, true they no. are like but you're right yeah. he does fully assassinate three or four of them quite quite quickly quite quickly. <laughs> but i loved it that was like yeah fuck yeah let's go let's do yeah. this yeah, yeah it yeah, tells yeah. you very quickly who this guy is and he is he's yeah. getting shit yeah. done and he's not to be messed with yeah also i wanted to mention that there is a delightful amount of practical effects in a mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. in shots that are happening <laughs> as live to give it a sort yeah. of TV term, there's obviously there's CG for gunfire and fire and explosions and probably all manner of things that aren't as obvious as that. There's and it's mm. quite seamless. There's nothing I think that stands out as you know quote unquote like shonky CG. But there's also mm. just lovely little touches of like a van explodes and. I'm sure they kind of ameliorated it with CG, but mm. there is an explosion and stuff flying out. You know, when people throw grenades, there's bits of stuff exploding in the room. There's gunfire mm. where bits are like pew, 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 off cardboard boxes that makes it just feel real. It just adds to that sort of real time reality. I love that. Mm. And it's so hard to do. I mean, I, I, I don't know where the joins are you know i don't know what's real and what's added like there's a scene where they're trying to get away from they're in a car it's very tense they're in a car and it's bulletproof glass and you just keep seeing bullets hitting the glass and kind of creating a more obscured vision for the driver and i assume it's vfx i assume i don't know how you do it special effects Um, but you mean the bullet hits on the car the yeah 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 and but like i don't know i don't know I, you know no, he could tell no. us but like the fact that it's that um seamless it's is, great isn't it and there's the end yeah. of that scene where somebody they come out of the car with like a sledgehammer which is a, just a delightful bit of practicalities i think that yeah. that the cg of the glass breaking then it pans away and then the you know the terrorist baddie takes the window off and then the camera is passed out of that window. It's just <laughs> yeah, so, it's a, it's a chef's kiss bit of sort of technicality that I think 
if you if you're not watching it with that sort of <laughs> nerdy filmmaker mm. eye, which I'm not saying you have to to enjoy it, but it's just like I think there's an extra level of enjoyment if you if you can appreciate just how well done bits like that are. I almost felt like because I heard you ask him that question that I posed to him on WhatsApp, and his answer was like, um, you know, well, I'm just I'm busy. And I, you know, I can't really stop to enjoy what's happening. I just have to get on with it. And so I'm like, oh, that's that's very sad. But I know the people who are enjoying it is all the is all the grips and the camera people who are like seamlessly getting the camera through the window and passing it on to the next person. And I just know the second that they get it and it passes and there's no like bump as it hits the window that they're going, yeah, you know, <laughs> just enjoying it, just enjoying like the madness of the thing that they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just it must be. I mean, I'm sure it's very tense to be on set because like everything is sort of, you know, on a, yeah. on a knife edge of, oh my God, like everyone, four hours. everyone has to do their job. We've only got four hours, <laughs> but like that, it was like also the question you asked him about, you know, the feeling of when this, when it's working, it's, you yeah, know, yeah. it's just magic, you know, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. the beautiful symbiosis of like 15 different departments work coming yeah, together yeah. and they're, them just absolutely smashing it. People always say it's like theatre, but it's like it's way more complicated than theatre, mate. I mean, I know that there's lots of tech people up in the stands and the musicians and whatever else, but like there are so many departments who all have to click for a one shot. Just hearing that there is, I mean, it, I suppose it's obvious, but I just assumed every everyone has got radio mics, but there's a boom operator following everyone around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I guess you need redundancy, right, in this situation. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure everyone has like two or three mics on them. God forbid. Yeah. It's like in Hamilton, yeah, yeah. you know, everyone's got like one coming out of their hair and then one sort oh, of at the okay. side of their That's head. Funny. Because, just you case. know, halfway through the show, if one goes out, yeah. I assume yeah, yeah. it's the same for this. But just the idea of that boom operator, like running around, following yeah. everybody. What a Do great job that guy's done. 20 miles of running every day. Yeah. yeah. Or who know, who knows? Again, I'm sure there must be a few bits of like CGI boom removal. No shade on the boom operator. That job is that's a tough ask, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just run around an yeah. airport. I quite usually. Oh, just, but don't 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 impose a single shadow once, please. <laughs> yes, or, the camera yeah. will be moving in order. I wanted to ask about lighting as well because how do you just you've got to light everything to shoot from every angle? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just completely pre-lit for every angle and god only knows that's not my area at all no it's uh, terrifying but these people they know what to do i they don't do. know how they still manage to give it shape and yeah you know, how does it not it doesn't look like a you know like a neighbors or a soap opera it still looks like a movie they must have like marks that they know things are going to happen at and the car will reverse into this mark and at that point there will be a backlight that will serve as someone else's key light later on and you know they must just do it like that but how you organize it God. yeah it's like an incredible puzzle yeah. benno i feel like we're both on the same page with this one i'm i'm glad you enjoyed both of these movies and thank you again for doing double double homework on this i'm very grateful that you asked me to watch them because i enjoyed them and it was a, a pleasure listening to James's interview that he did with you and posing him questions and hearing his answers. And I read about him as well. Like I did my research. So yeah, you know, thank you very much for sending me those voice notes. Him. I'm sorry. I couldn't get all of them in. 
You do a very, you did really good homework. You sent me several <laughs> great questions on voice notes, which I think I mentioned this when I was speaking to him, which were as verbose as the questions I asked him. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They're quite chatty, aren't they? It's not like, what's your favorite color, is it? It's. Uh, I yeah, learned it's... during that interview that um, summing up a, a question in two lines is actually a real a real skill I've never, I've never cracked it yeah but also i think when you watch you know like a late night talk show they know what they're gonna be fed so they know what their answer is yes, right whereas this is the answer already, it's more of they? a conversation isn't it you've got yeah, to kind of exactly. set the context. scene a bit then lace the question in there but thank you so much for your input there thank you for joining us today if people want to find you on the good old world wide web is there somewhere you always point them yeah, yeah, I got a website, benmalaby.co.uk, or malaby.co.uk, and uh, my films are on there. Uh, yeah, that's about it, I'd say. That's, that's all you need, isn't it? One place, that's they can find everything. benmalaby.co.uk, and um, facebook.com forward slash malaby. So that uh, uh, people's parents can find out what you're up to. For the racist people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to follow the pod itself, it's still on, uh, I'm still calling it Twitter, at Dodge This Pod. You can find me and all my stuff through my website, simonfielder.com. Second issue of my newsletter just went out. Very excited that I've managed to get two out so far this year. It's my plan to do it every two weeks. We'll see. I'll keep you updated. The newsletter reminds you to listen to the podcast. The podcast asks you to subscribe to the newsletter. you got to love that. Uh, there's a link below if you want to watch the trailer for One More Shot. Please check these movies out. They are, they are the cream of the crop of DTV movies. And I don't want that to sound like a bad thing. They're just great movies. And if you love action movies, if you're here listening to this podcast, you're going to be in for a great time. And man, if you're a even have an ounce of filmmaking uh, experience or enthusiasm, then you're going to have a whole nother layer of enjoyment watching the movies and trying to figure out how in God's name they made them. That wraps up another episode. Dodge this. Action Movies Unleashed. Hey, if you want to uh, make a, some kind of donation, you can do that. There's a link down below. Otherwise, we will see you in a couple of weeks' time for another episode. Ben, please join me in screaming at the top of your lungs, goodbye. Goodbye! Goodbye!